Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of In the Life of a Conspiracy Theorist, and tonight, tonight my friends, we're going to be talking about a subject matter that I know a lot of you have either heard about, watched on the History Channel, or maybe even experienced yourself, and that will be dealing with the UFO. We're going to start this on the same level that I started on this, on this track, back in the 1990s, 93, 94, 95, and even 96, with the death of a gentleman that I have been following. As a kid, I was very intrigued by the UFO stories, extremely intrigued that to the point that you could clearly see that there was an outside source that affected the lives of the people of the Bible. And then to find out that this was a common thread throughout all of humans' history, humanity's history, was this common thread of an outside source came down and mingled with mankind. Phil Snyder, as I was listening to uh, him going across the country, pretty much trying to get anyone and everyone who would listen to please listen to the story that he was telling, the truth, his truth of events that were, in my eyes as a child, so beyond comparison of understanding, raised in a Judeo-Christian household where ghosts and goblins, demons, and little gray men were all a part of a psychosis that it didn't want to associate itself with. And I think this is what has been the biggest, the biggest setback for the the people who are seeking these answers and the one place to find comfort, to find love, to find a connection would be at a church. But I have come to know that some people in the church are the most judgmental, most high-minded thinking individuals of their own worth and talks down to everyone else. Does that mean that all Christians are bad? No, you're talking to one right now. But I'm not a Christian that's someone that's in the pulpit. And I'm not a Christian that sits in the pews. I'm a Christian that has a personal relationship with the Father, Yoevahe, and I have my deep belief in the Son of Jesus Christ. Before this, not so much. Not during, not till during this time when I got diagnosed with cancer, an inoperable, alien, invasive creature had entered into my genetics and corrupted the data, and in doing so, caused my own body to cannibalize itself. And I view the church the same way. The same way is that the church, where it's supposed to be reaching people, have cannibalized themselves and others so much 
that no one can recognize the, the light any longer because in the eyes of those people, the light has been far gone too long. But we're not here to talk about the church. We are here to talk about UFOs. And before you sit here and ask, have you ever seen one? Well, I have had incidences of situations that were, for me, unidentified flying objects. I know two major accounts that I can actually attest to experiencing is still to this day, still to this day, what I saw, I question myself every time I mention it, did I truly see what I saw with my eyes? Because I had no devices at the time to take a picture or to record or to try and collect any data on what I was seeing. My brain was trying to process something that it had not had the full understanding to grasp what it was I was seeing at the time. But it did perk my interest and my, my desire to know more about aliens. My joke I used to have when I was sick with cancer is that I used to say an alien is inside me and it's going to bust out and Sigourney Weaver is going to show up and she's going to take it out. Because in my eyes as a kid, that was a woman. And she knew how to get shit done. So I became a big fan of the Aliens franchise. But realizing that the more I started to research and study into the topic, I started realizing that there was this things in the scriptures that just, I was like, okay, we're told everything is in the spirit and the scriptures. But the scriptures don't read that way. These are tangible entities that you're able to wash their feet. You're able to give them food, substance, and they can eat it. They can stand next to you and talk to you. They can touch you physically and move you. They are with the appearance like a man. That's how it's described. We are talking about the angels. I know, secular TV and the church has taught us that angels have wings and are spiritual beings that fly above us like little fairies on their clouds with nothing else to do than fluff them. So I would say that if you wanted to create the great deception, the biggest heist, the biggest disinformation make the people believe that everything that they're reading in their text, their ancient books is fiction it's dealing with symbols and symbolism don't let someone take it as a literal fact because the things that are happening within these stories, it's impossible to happen in the physical world under the laws that we have to understand them. And when I started to look at this 
and start really looking at this, I realized that the aliens, well, they weren't going to question, wasn't going to cause anything to make me question my salvation. They weren't going to make me sit there and not believe what I believed in my heart about Jesus Christ. And what I knew of the scriptures and history about him and who he was. But there was another part that stood out to me. One in which I asked my grandfather, my dad, everyone and anyone in preachers around the world, what does it mean? What does it mean in Genesis 6? The sons of God came down and had relations with the daughters of men. And you would think that everyone reading from the same book would have the same answer, but you would be astounded by how many different answers I got by so many different avenues. And my grandfather was very clear when he said what he told me. Don't take my word for it. You do your research. You search the matter to find out what the answer is for you. And I did. And my grandfather was a very wise man and I miss him dearly. So as I searched this matter, I already haven't experienced an event that I could not comprehend nor put my little brain to wrap around it, going through chemotherapy and radiation, fighting cancer, trying to find where I, what my beliefs were in God, whose name is yod heh and who his son was, which was Jesus Christ, the Messiah. At the same time, I'm contemplating, if Jesus came to earth and had to die for our sins, does that mean that Jesus had to go to all these other planets where these aliens are and die for their sins? That he had to do it in every culture, race imaginable? I know this is a question that a lot of you have when it comes to this topic. <clears throat> and the answer that you're going to hear me say, it might not be the answer you want to hear. It might not be the answer you want to know. It might not even be the answer you're at this moment willing to accept. Jesus didn't die on the cross on any other planets in the solar system. He didn't. He didn't have to. And I'll tell you why. When you really start to get an understanding of the world that we are living in and the entities that are constantly being portray through the ancient text, and I'm not just talking about the Bible, I'm talking about Mesopotamia, the Aztecs, the, the Mayas, the Egyptians, the um, Egypt, all these tales around the world that talk about these gods that came down from the heavens, the Anunnaki, <clears throat> that they Excuse me, I'm so sorry. That they are all from the same cloth. What I'm saying is, is that 
all these ancient tales. Don't throw them out with the baby in the bathwater because they all have a common thread. And when I started doing this as my research and realizing that Jesus did not have to go to every other world and cosmos out there to do the same thing he did for us because they've already been here. And the scriptures, the ancient text tells us this. This will probably be shocking to you also. If you think the earth as it is, is a place of beauty, a place of endless possibilities, and you believe that this is the, the planet, that if we destroy it so much that we have to go to another planet, you better take care of the home that's been given to you. Because if you shit where you eat, then you're just going to do the same thing on somewhere else. And what I'm saying is, is that when you take a look at the cultures and you take a look at the text, we are living on a prison planet. On a prison planet. She's wanting to, yeah. And so with that, what I'm saying is, is that it even says this, and Zechariah Ascension referred to this as the Anunnaki, the ones that came down. And they changed the genetic sequence of humans as we are, as we know them today. And most people think that's where modern humans come from. But he also lets us know that they're not able to get back. Some are, but some are stuck here. And, and it's not, he has alluded of why they get stuck here. And I believe that the reason they got stuck here is that the scripture tells us that they left their first estate. Essentially, they left what they were supposed to do and did the thing that they agreed not to do. And in doing so, brought a great sin upon themselves and in doing so had to be quarantined here with us. And they were angry and mad and lashed out. And what would you do? What would you do? Do you think that an alien civilization, if you believe the aliens come from another planet and they came here at the time and place in which we are in our infancy of our alleged, our alleged infancy, because I agree with Graham, we are a species with amnesia. If you believe that aliens came down in the ancient past, then why would they leave? They would be superior, far more superior in their tech and in their abilities to manipulate a species less intelligent in their eyes about us. We as humans do this all the time. Take a look at zoos. I know we want to make ourselves feel good about the zoos and say that they're being preserved. But couldn't an alien species also say the same thing about us? That we're being preserved? So when you start to realize that the ancient text talks about the titans, and it talks about the gods, and it talks about the war, and you start hearing what the Mahabharata says 
in its ancient text, you start to recognize that they're still here. The ones that are that have moved on have gone are not in prison. It's interesting because in the scripture Jesus says that he saw Satan, Lucifer, Hael fall from heaven like lightning uh, uh, unto the earth, which means he was stuck here. He is stuck here, and he would he knows that his time is short. It says, "Well, if he is a spiritual being, how can his time be short?" If he is spiritual, if he is energy, energy does not go away. It doesn't di disappear. Energy will always exist. So if he is a spirit of energy, and why would it matter to him? It's because he's physical. He's physical. And we have been duped to believe that all the evil and all the bad in the world is Satan's doing. That Satan is the big evil. He is the only adversary to God. To Yoivahe. And that is not what the text of any of the texts in any culture says. They are the adversaries. It is a title that has been given to one. Such as Satan. Because his name was blotted out. His name was no longer to be spoken. His name was no longer to be uttered. And the name that would be given to him would be Satan. The accuser. A lot of you think that CERN is trying to find another dimension. Some people believe that they're, they believe he's trying to free Satan. He's not trying to free Satan. They're trying to free Amadon, Apollyon. Also known in the ancient text, Eziel, the scapegoat. And you have to understand also that it talks about the gods copulating with the daughters of men and having Nephilim children. Having all these children. And then the great deluge that every culture talks about is interesting. When you take away everything being symbolic and you take away everything being untangible, spiritual, you start to look at these texts, each and every one of them as living and breathing entities. You recognize the pattern in these tales and in these stories. And it is the same enemy to the one true God, the creator being, the creator God, that Jesus tells us about, that he refers to, and then he talks, tells us the counterfeit God and who his children are. And you take a look at our society and you see everything. What would an alien race do if the population all of a sudden boom out like a bunch of rabbits? Well, there's no way you're going to be able to get the rabbit population back down unless you have some catastrophe event such as a vaccine with RNA DNA to convince the masses that the evil COVID is here and COVID is going to rule your life. And if you don't get the vaccine, you will no longer be able to buy nor sell. It's true. 
This is exactly what it says that they will do. And with this, you have to understand that the scriptures tells us that these beings have lived in the caves. And there's been the inner earth theory. There's the flat earth theory. I believe both those theories are absolutely right. I do. I believe that we are in a domed prison. Because it says everything on the other side of the firmament is in the kingdom of God. Which means that God, his biggest villain, his big big evil, and the, the fallen angels that came down with him, and the 200 that copulated, made the pact at Mount Hermon, to copulate with the daughters of men, to create the Nephilim, the Ruffian, and the Anakim. If they were so grand and powerful and spiritual, then why are they stuck here? In the scriptures, it says they can't go back to their first estate. That means they can't go back past the firmament. Why would you imprison them in this reality, in this world? Is because they have what is known as the sin nature. It's corruption. It is like a virus, if you will. You can wipe the virus out, but your software will never be the same. You might be able to house the virus and be able to purge it from your systems, but the, it's still its mark will always be there. And it will be, if you go and put that data somewhere else, there's a good chance that corruption could corrupt that data also. So the sin nature is a corruption of our DNA, is a corruption of us, and they are corrupted by it also. Jesus says that Satan was a murderer from the very beginning because it was Satan that introduced the sin nature into Adam and Eve. And by doing so, this sin nature by fault that every human being that has died because of this corruption in the DNA all falls back on the hacker that hacked it and put it into the system. And that is Satan. But when you don't, when you sit here and think that everything is just spiritual and that there's no actual physical entities, then you're missing the biggest part of the text. And right now we are told that this vaccine, but yet the lady, the nurse that got the vaccine, that 17 minutes later, she passes out. And mainstream media tells you, oh, she's fine, she's fine, she's fine. But yet, we don't see her anymore. Noah's been able to speak to her one-on-one. -on -one. Why is that? Could it be that they're hiding something? Not only that, look up Agenda 21. We are coming to the year 2021. And the Agenda 21 from the UK, uh, UN was to be the biggest and, and fastest depopulation of the human species in one fell swoop. 
to destroy the human independence and to destroy the free will. You let people think there's a horrific pandemic and that you have to get this vaccine, this RNA, goes back to what the fallen ones did. They came, they corrupted the flesh. All flesh was corrupted. And in doing so, you're reenacting. Jesus refers to two times. One, he refers to as the days of Jonah, and it was dealing with him being in the ground for three days and three nights. If you think that uh, on Friday Jesus died and he rose up on Sunday, then you don't know your math, and you need to go back to school and learn how to count three days because that mathematically will not work. But we're not going to get into that now. Kind of digress. When you start to look at the other thing that he says, he says, it will be as in the days of Noah. And the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew. Matter of fact, the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, Jesus lays it out in absolute detail of these end time events. So what if Phil Schneider was murdered because he came out and was saying that these underground bases and this this dark, deep state Nazis that have infiltrated the United States since World War II? Because a lot of people don't know that the tactics that Germany was going to do with America was attack us from within. They knew there was no way they would actually win a war one-on-one, firepower by firepower with the United States because every American citizen had a firearm. Matter of fact, one of the things that was mentioned is they were, it was always said, well, why didn't Japan, after Pearl Harbor, storm and come in on, into California? It's because they said, because we know that every American person, from the time that they can shoot a gun, has a gun. And we don't have enough bullets, but they would. Our democracy is, uh, our, our republic has been attacked. And we've seen this in the elections. We've seen the, the corruption. And we're, we're focusing on a small hand of people. What do you do? You come in, you infiltrate, you manipulate And you make people believe what you want them to believe. And they will act and react to those things that will make them feel very patriotic or feel as if it is their rights that they do this because humanity needs to stand up to this tyranny. But what if it's all a stage to get our eyes off of what's coming in the year 2021? Why is it that the United States has created a Air Force, Space Force, the Navy, the Marines, the Army. And we got the six branch. That six number comes up so much as the corruption. And yet, the Space Force is being implemented. We're being told that we will be able to fight them and blow them back to hell. When they invade, what if they're at Antarctica? What if they're in the inner earth? What if they're, they've never, ever been off this planet since they caused the corruption, the sin nature, the 
infection, the virus, what if they have been here and are here? And not only that, but they've been waiting patiently to act out and act upon taking out us and putting us back where they think we belong as their slaves. So when I look at the ancient text, I don't look at the angels and, and devils as being spiritual. I look at them as being exactly what the scripture says, literally what they are. You do have spirits. You do have entities. Because you have what's also known as the earthbound spirits. And they're able to manipulate, distort, and that's where ghost hunters and stuff are getting all this information from. And then... As they're getting this, they're not realizing they're being played. It's to push the agenda that everything is spiritual so that whenever these gods return to the earth and they're in a physical form, physical body, because they are physically stuck on this prison planet with us, we will not recognize them as being the adversary, but being the Savior. We will not recognize that they are not from another galaxy, from another far, far, far galaxy away. No. They've been here. They've been here manipulating, knowing that the first time it didn't go so well for them because there was a great war that broke out. You see this in the ancient text that literally, and there's signs and proof of a nuclear war that took place in the ancient past, but nobody can put their finger on why. If it was the modern age that created and split it, split the first atom. These entities have been in leagues and worked hand in hand with our human slavers. Because if you are a human and you're siding with those entities... Do you not realize you're selling away your humanity? I think that the Hollywood sees these. When they come and they said, I sold my soul to the devil. Like a cheap Happy Meal. I want to be another, the, the, the next Kathy Grant or something. But I had to sell my soul to Satan. I think they're literally meeting with a physical entity, a physical Satan. He is physically there. They are meeting with him because he's been physically here since day one. And that he wants to free his brothers from their prisons. Because they were cast into outer darkness. And he wants to get them free. Because they believe that if they get enough of their forces together with enough brainwashed humans to fight their agenda, they truly believe they can kill the Holy One. That they can go and storm the gates of heaven past the firmament onto the throne room of God himself and cast him off his throne and have him no more. How is it that if God is just only spiritual, 
how is it they're trying to obtain a actual throne? It's because Jesus is in, came in the flesh. The Word of God made flesh. That's the reason why where he went. If you look at the places that Jesus went when he walked here, every place he went was against a pagan god. He was declaring war, war on those pagan gods. And I believe those pagan gods are at Antarctica. I believe that's the reason why we have the oldest and longest uh, treaty that's ever existed in human history is in Antarctica. And that if you want to be a part of the UN and part of the global agenda, you have to sign that treaty. As a nation that will not go down to exploit, take, or try and conquer the land of Antarctica. Why is it that so many countries are okay with that, but yet we fight over oil in the Middle East? Bama Bird tells us that there are far vast substances there. You take a look in the ancient text dealing with Gilgamesh, you know that he actually went to Antarctica. He tells us so in his text. And he walked till he came to the edge of the earth. And that he met two of the scorpions. And they said for you to make it this far, you must have some of the God's blood in you. And they allowed him to go into that oasis. Could that oasis actually be where Eden is the Garden of Eden that we were cast out of? I don't know. But I do find it interesting that you're supposed to have four rivers running in an area but you can only find three. Which means there had to be something else that was there that caused another river to be in the same area to flow. The Nazis went to Antarctica first. It's because I believe that their death counts and everything were blood sacrifices. And they've been doing those same blood sacrifices ever since. But if all of a sudden we're told that aliens are real and they start disclosing all this information that has been hush-hush, sh shut up, and don't say anything, or kill people such as Phil Snyder that you kill them. If they talk out against this, then all of a sudden all governments and all places are sitting there going, okay, it's time to release this to the public. You better beware because that means that they're going to manifest themselves before us. And they are not your friend. They do not care about you. They may promise you everything here on the world, but you better understand they're in prison here just like we are. They may be the big dogs on the cell block because they've got more power to back them. But we have to understand that for there to be a cell block boss, that means all the prisoners have to submit to him. And if you do that, you're going to lose. You're going to lose in big, big ways. You need to stand up against this. Wake up. Wake up.
question this narrative. Ask, why do we have underground bases? Why is it that Scripture says that whenever God shows, they will be in the mountains crying for them to fall on top of them? That's underground bases being described in the book of Revelation. There will be a mark that they can't get except on their hand, their foreheads. The there will be an image of the beast that will come alive. Artificial intelligence with a robotic body. Come on now. It's the first time that in, throughout all the stories of the Bible, none of the altars or the idols ever got up and moved. But yet this one in the end that is made of iron is going to awaken and act and hunt us down. Please wake up. Recognize that you've got to look at the literal side in these texts. And quit putting everything on the spiritual. Look at the literal side. Don't call it science fiction. I think that it's just something that's with Space Rogers, Star Wars, and Star Trek. No. No. Look at it and say, if a primitive people saw us today, they would view us as gods. There's only one true God. That's Yoy There's only his son to get to him, and that's Jesus Christ. These are all pretenders. These are all ones that were created by God. They rebelled against him because they thought they could become God. This is a life of a conspiracy theorist. Remember what I always tell you. You never know what lies on the corner. So please pay attention to your surroundings.